Welcome to the Cork Creative Podcast. With this podcast, we hope to promote local creative businesses and people. I am your host, Geraldine Hennessy from Flux Learning, and today I am joined by artist Martina Flanagan. A native of Tipperary, Martina moved to Cork several years ago to pursue her passion for art. An initial desire to be an animator was replaced by the freedom brought by drawing and painting and creating murals. Her paintings are inspired by ancient goddesses. By rediscovering the wisdom of these lost ancient goddesses and putting them into her art, she feels she can rediscover the true power and essence of what it means to be a woman. Her love for murals arise from the impact they have on people. The aim for every mural is the same, to inspire, motivate and educate all those who look upon it. In this episode, we discuss her path to now, through colleges and jobs and her moment of enlightenment. We speak about her superheroes and woman empowerment, her process, the impact of social media, and she shares some sage advice for wannabe artists. Okay, so you're very welcome to Core Creative, Martina. Thank you. Glad to be here. So can you tell us how did you get into art and creating murals? Well, it's probably going to sound very cliche, as I'm sure you've heard many artists say this, but I knew I was going to be an artist since I was a child, or I knew I was going to be in some form of creativity back when I was a kid. I mean, I was always drawing. I had this little toy, I think, mega sketcher where (laughs) you could draw on it and then you pull the lever, it rub everything out and you do it over and over again. I'd spend hours doing that. I would even spend uh, time in the classroom when I should have been listening to the teacher. I'd be like (laughs) whipping up my notebook and like sketching and sketching and when I look back I probably did most of my best work back then there's nothing like boredom to help inspire your creativity (laughs) so yeah but interesting enough Geraldine I had no plans to be an artist be a muralist or even run my own business my original plan back when I was younger was to be an animator Mm mm-hmm You know, I I wanted to be out there. I want to be as big as Walt Disney. I wanted to work for Disney because like back when I was a teenager, I'm 31 now. This Mm. is like 20 years ago. So back then there were not really any computers or any of this 3D high techie animation. It was all drawing and painting, drawing and painting the characters, the background. And I thought, this is fantastic. I can do that. I'm great at doing that. And like you'd flip the pages and bam, you'd have movement. You have characters walking. You have the animation in progress. Unfortunately, by the time I graduated school, all that was gone Mm -hmm. and the computers wheeled in and before I knew it I found myself in front of a computer like drawing and painting were still kind of a thing but the main animation was on the computer Mm. and I hated it Mm. it was like less creative and more mathematical codes Mm. we use this uh, I don't think it exists anymore but it was called flash action script Mm. was the animation program we used back in the day And if you so much as forgot a decimal point or a comma in the code you were typing up just to make a character walk across the screen, oh, complete chaos. Mm. And it drove me nuts. Mm. I did stick with it. I did four years Mm. and 
four years, three different colleges, two in LIT, one in Templemore College of Further Education. I even moved all the way up to Dundalk and did a 2D, 3D animation course there. By the time I graduated that, I realized this was not what I wanted Mm. to do. I did not want to be stuck in front of a computer screen in a small, enclosed space working with other people. I realized a hard truth of myself. I'm really affected by my surroundings. I I think, what do they call it? Energy sensitive Mm -hmm. or hypersensitive. You know, when your senses kind of get overloaded, Mm -hmm. I began to realize this was a thing for me. So an animation studio would not help me thrive. I worked better on my own, left alone in a studio, not sharing space with other people because I could focus that way. But as well, like that was one reason that kind of inspired me but strangely enough what really shall we say the real final nail in the coffin that made me realize not only did I not want to be an animator but that I wanted to be my own boss Mm -hmm. was my last two shall we say regular jobs Mm -hmm. you know those nine to five jobs they fired me after two days (laughs) (laughs) I had two separate jobs have nothing to do with each other. The first job, I was just a kitchen porter for a cafe. All I had to do was clean. (laughs) Uh, My second job was at a summer camp, right? Mm. And you know what all I had to do? I just had to transport the kids to and from the bathroom. Easy peasy, right? The first job fired me and they said, sorry, you're not fast enough. (laughs) The second job fired me and they said, we're so sorry. It looks like we hire too many people. We're going to let you go. And as much as it sucked, as much as I raged and was furious and my heart was broken and I said, oh my God, what have I done? I'm so useless and blah, blah, blah. When I got past all that negative thing, I kind of had an epiphany realizing this is what it means Mm. to work in these jobs. No matter how good you are, you could be the best at what you do and you could still get fired Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you're expendable. Mm, mm. You're a cog in the machine. You would constantly be living in fear of the day your boss decides to chuck you out. Mm. And it made me realize I don't want to be part of that. I want to be my own boss. Mm -hmm. So... Once again, I packed my bags. I was living with my parents at this time, packed my bags and gave college one more go. And I moved all the way to Cork City and attended Crawford College of Fine Art and Design. Now, the funny thing about Crawford is it's not that great of a college to learn art. It's more academic. Mm -hmm. And if I'm being very honest, it will kind of teach a lot of students a bit of art snobbery. Okay. You know, this particular type of art is called conceptual art. And if you don't get it, you're out. Mm. I did this for three years before I dropped out. But one good thing about that college is, and this is where my business truly began, is it got me connections because in the third year of college, way back in 2018, which feels like a lifetime ago, a a local school sends an email into the college asking, would any students be interested in doing some murals Mm. for the school? And funny enough, I was the only student out of probably hundreds of students in this college that responded. 
found that very odd, Mm -hmm. but it was a blessing in disguise because huzzah, Martina Flanagan Art began, my mural business began. Mm. And uh, that was Greenmount National School right here in Cork City, my first ever mural job. Mm -hmm. And from there, it just, it kept going. Mm -hmm. It, It just... The wheels of progress kept going. I went from Greenmount to Toher Boys School, from Toher Boys School to a a parent of a child attending that school to hiring me to do their kids' nursery and bedroom and playroom. From there, I got hired from Toher Church, which ironically (laughs) enough was next door to the school. And then finally, I got hired for Toher Girls School, which was also next door. Toher ended up being my most successful area of mm-hmm. clients. And it was repeat. These, these clients didn't just hire me once. They hired me numerous times throughout the pandemic. Great. So, Great. so. ironically enough, I didn't suffer that much mm-hmm. during the pandemic. And like I've heard a lot of artists were getting hit hard but somehow I feel like the flow just kept going I actually feel like I did my best work Mm -hmm. during the pandemic and it's only now when we hit 2022 and the world is back up and running things are slow things slowed down for the first seven months of 2022 uh nothing was happening Mm -hmm. and it was between summer July in summer and October now I started uh, getting clients in murals and selling paintings. Oh, I should also say like while I was doing my mural art, I did a second business mm. where I created and sold my own paintings. So okay. I guess I have two businesses. Mm-hmm. One is the Martina Flanagan art, mm-hmm. which is the creating and selling my own artwork. Mm-hmm. Whereas the mural work now is under the name Martina the Wall Artist. I just found mm-hmm. it was it was better for me to split them. They were yeah. once one, but I just felt like that was confusing my customers and clients. So I just kind of split them up and mm-hmm. gave them separate social medias and Gmail accounts and somehow that worked. So yeah, that's kind of the story of how I got here. Okay. And I suppose like with your murals, they're quite visual. Like I can understand why all the different, like the different schools in the church, like they all obviously could see your work and went, mm, I want some of that. <laughs> mm, mm, exactly. They turned out to be my best customers. Ironically enough, the church was <laughs> my best customer. He hired me for murals. He hired me for painting commissions. There's a uh, seven paintings of the seven sacraments. Mm hanging on the wall in that church. Wow. Mine. So I literally had to paint the story of what each sacrament was and the priest would use that to explain it yeah. to the kids then. He'd have like kids coming in and he'd tell stories. So yeah. Very good. Very good. And I'm not a Christian. So I find that very <laughs> that this priest turned out to be my best client. Mm. And he even hired me to do a giant Easter painting, not a mural, but like he got this big wooden board and we painted like the cross the cave and then the road going off into the sunset where Jesus wandered off. And I think he even hired me to restore an old two statues, one of Mary and one of Jesus. So yeah, the pandemic, ironically enough, like, like at least 2020 to 21 
was pretty profitable. That's and I kind of missed that. <laughs> Ironic, but that's that's how it worked. So yeah. And can you describe your art to those listening who may not yet be familiar with your work? Right. So I guess I'll start off with the paintings. So the art that I create and sell, it's pretty small scale. So we're talking like A4 and A3. And that's because I just don't have the room to create large scale works. Mm -hmm. I literally have just a table and a chair in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. That's my art studio. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so if I was to categorize it, I kind of call it divine sacred feminine art and the Mm. reason why I call it that is that I'm really inspired by the goddesses like Mm -hmm. worldwide goddesses but mostly um, Ireland and Britain and I feel like the reason why I'm drawn to those is because I feel a strong ancestral connection Mm -hmm. to them like as I mentioned I'm not a Catholic I'm not a Christian I used to be but I've left that faith behind Mm -hmm. And I feel like this calling or strong connection back to these ancient goddesses that existed way before St. Patrick ever came to this island. So I feel like when I'm I'm painting these goddesses, I'm reconnecting with that lost lineage, that lost knowledge and wisdom that these goddesses bestowed upon my ancestors. And in a way, still do. They're still around, Mm -hmm. I'd like to think. And... It's also, I also feel like when I'm studying these goddesses, I'm sort of rediscovering myself, my own power as a woman. It's, it's been a really woman empowerment journey mm-hmm. doing this art and painting these goddesses and discovering all about them. They're kind of the superheroes of my world. Mm-hmm. They're the Wonder Women, they're the Bat Girls, they're the Supergirls, you know, in my... <laughs> I can see Bridget being one, the Wonder Woman of Ireland, you know? <laughs> yeah. Awesome stuff. So I guess when I paint this, these goddesses and then I like, I share the story and the inspiration of why I painted them on social media and my newsletters, I guess it's my hope that I will have an effect on other women that will mm-hmm. be like a chain reaction. And just as much as the goddesses are helping me, I hope that through my art they will help other women Mm -hmm. who buy them and welcome them into their world. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much the story behind the art. In regards to the mural, it's just murals can have such a powerful impact. They're large. They're in their face. You can't look away from them. You just walk around Cork City and look at all the murals done around the street. You know what I'm talking about. And that's kind of, I want to get into that. I want to be able to create inspiring, motivational, stimulating, and educational murals. And I have done that Mm -hmm. in all the schools uh, I have worked for. I'm very proud of some of the stuff I've done. uh, The Toher Girls School, I say one of my favorite was a Wonder Woman mural. And get, so it wasn't just one, you know, the regular white Wonder Woman. Mm. I did five different Wonder Women from five different nationalities. An Irish Wonder Woman. <laughs> so redheaded, curly haired Irish Wonder Woman. A black Wonder Woman with a beautiful frizzy Afro. Muslim Wonder Woman, you know, when they wear the headscarves, mm. that one. And a Chinese 
Wonder Woman. And above it, I wrote the words, today I am my own hero. Okay. And I felt so proud mm. of that mural. I actually wish I could take that mural and put it out into the streets because yeah. I'm pretty sure it will cause uh, a reaction. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what you want. Yeah, it can be used for diversity. I mean, one mural, I painted an entire wall with the word welcome. But get this, I did it in every world language. Oh, because yes. The Toher Girls School, I'm glad to see, is such a diverse school. You got kids from the four corners of the world. So you go in the front door of Toher Girls School, look to the right, and you will see every welcome in every language up on that wall. And I like that. I really did enjoy doing that. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's about making an impact and getting people to question the norm, mm. question the status quo. That is what I believe murals are about, from my perspective anyway. And I suppose it's lovely, you know, for the people going into that school that they see maybe their own language, if they come from different um, backgrounds, if they see a welcome in their own language coming into their school, it must be quite a nice thought for them, you know. Might be a nice feeling, I would think so, if I was them. Yeah, it's inclusive. Mm. It's inclusive. Art, art should really be about inclus- mm-hmm. inclusivity. Is mm-hmm. that even a word? Well, sounds good to me. <laughs> you get what I mean. Diversity <laughs> yeah. and inclusivity. Yeah. And what is the, the process you want her to take to create a mur- mural? Does the client tell you what they want or do you come up with the design or is it a mixture of both? A mixture of both, and it usually depends on the client. I mean, the priest client instantly knew what he wanted. Mm. He wanted like the seven sacraments. He wanted a painting of Easter and he wanted a mural about, what was it? The gifts of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in the sac- the mini, there's like a mini chapel in the church. I think they call it the sacrament okay. chapel. And he wanted an entire mural displaying all the saints, with like a scroll with the name of each gift of the Holy Spirit. So he instantly knew what he wanted. Whereas a parent, I found the parents when they hire me, it's kind of up to me to help figure out what to what they want mm-hmm. or what they might like. Usually I would ask questions, what does your kid like? What's his favorite color or something like that? And I'd incorporate it into the wall or What's his favorite hobbies? Uh, One uh, parent client, uh, I found out her kid is big into sports, football and hurling. So I painted a a cartoon version of him playing football Mm. and hurling. So, yeah, Uh, I find it useful that you sketch out your ideas first Mm. before that brush or that spray can touches that wall because you're only, you could end up wasting your time and your mm. paint because the client could come along and say, oh, wait, I don't like it. I don't like it. Change yeah. it. Whereas without that sketchbook and pencil and just sit down with your client, like have a little meeting. It doesn't have to be too long. Go through some ideas. You go off, you do a few rough sketches, you come back, you show your client and chances are they'll pick one of the ideas mm. and it saves a lot of time and effort then just doing that, right? Okay. Drawing the sketches of the mural first. Okay. So when it comes to the pricing of mural commissions, important thing you got to note is 
the bigger you want it, the more it's going to cost you. The smaller you want it, the less it's going to cost you. So to give you an example, let's say you just want a personalized mural on your kid's bedroom of your kid's name. Now, something like that might cost maybe 200 to maybe 400 euro, depending on the size of the lettering. Whereas if you want an entire wall done or maybe uh, an entire bedroom painting, it could cost you something around maybe 1,000 to 2,000 euro. It all depends on the quantity. Quantity and how many walls you want done. And mm-hmm. yeah, it covers everything from the paint to the equipment, to the time, to even maybe some travel costs if I have to travel by bus or taxi or maybe for my paintings. The small scale ones, shall we say A4 size, they cost around 70 euro, whereas Mm -hmm. large scale ones around A3 size, they just cost around 80 euro. And shipping costs are included if you do want me to mail it to you whereas if you want to collect it like at present i have a gallery exhibition up and running in the lock cafe Mm -hmm. let's say if you wanted to buy one of those paintings if you came and collected it you don't have to pay postage and Mm -hmm. shipping costs then you're just paying the price of the painting so yeah street art and graffiti are like the bad boy i suppose of of mural illustration they have, however, become more mainstream and acceptable with the rise in popularity of artists like Bansky. Do you feel there's a place for this type of expressionism? Well, I'm kind of 50-50 when it comes to graffiti art. Like I myself are not a graffiti artist. Um, when it comes to the spray cans, I can't actually work with them. Okay. The fumes just make me too loopy. My senses are too overly stimulated. But uh, my opinion... On graffiti is it can be beautiful and it can be so impactful. Like there's so many beautiful graffitis, proper graffitis scattered throughout Cork City mm. uh, that I find absolutely gorgeous. But at the same time, I, I don't know why a lot of graffiti artists do this, but they draw the words in a way that they're completely unreadable. Mm. So it's like Morse code <laughs> that only a few people can understand Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and there's something about that that I'm not a big fan of Mm because it feels kind of elitist that only the artist and only a few select few get what they're saying I mean why go through the trouble of painting this amazing art adding these colors and textures and not everyone can understand it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. art is meant to be shared with everyone Mm -hmm. it's supposed to include everyone and graffiti art can do that Mm. if done in the right way. You use YouTube as a platform to showcase videos of you creating your pieces. Do you find YouTube and Instagram and Facebook essential to getting your work out there into the public domain or how do you feel about them? Oh, definitely, definitely 100%. I mean, if there is an artist out there not utilizing social media. Oh my God, you do not know what you're missing. You are so limiting yourself, your business, your success, because for starters, you have a worldwide audience. And it's just the way things are now. We're in a technological advanced age. Whether we like it or not, people are using these more and more. Mm. They're spending more and more time on here. 
And I don't know, a part of me is beginning to think the day of the galleries is slowly fading because mm. I, I walk past plenty of galleries in this city. There's not a lot of foot traffic going in there anymore. Mm. Maybe mm. back in the day there was not a lot. People are looking through art on their phone because it's easier, you know. Mm. You just whip out your phone. You just flick on social media, look up whatever favorite art. It's, it's convenient. Mm. So utilizing those social medias is a must. And not to mention time saving and money saving. Mm. I know it seems like a good idea to display your art in galleries, but you got to understand something. If you do display your art in gallery, you're not getting all the money. Mm. Half your money and probably even a bit more is going to go to the gallery. Mm -hmm. You have to pay the rent of the gallery and you have to pay commission for the gallery. I don't like that. Mm. I, there's, there's something about that that doesn't sit right with me. It's kind of like the artists do all the work, the gallery gets all the glory or something. And I know they're like helping artists to be seen, but some of the prices are ridiculous. And, and the yeah. waiting lists, I mean, the last time I called a gallery, they said, three-year waiting list. We can pop you in three years. Come on. What artists can wait three years to sell their art? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. But if people are looking for an in-person way to sell their art, I actually got one better. Cafes and restaurants. Mm. The reason why? More foot traffic. Mm. And if you're like doing small scale art, like the A4s and A3s, cafes and restaurants are perfect. And even better, they won't charge you commission. Mm -hmm. They want their wall space to be covered in art. So chances of you getting your art in there is 10 times more likely than the gallery. Mm, yeah. And uh, yeah, if you can keep it small scale and keep it maybe affordable, Anything under a hundred euro, I guarantee you will sell in a cafe and restaurant than 10 times more likely than a thousand euro painting in a gallery. Mm. That, that's just been my experience. And like, uh, there's also the markets. Uh, I don't know if this is the case for a lot of painters, mm. but when it comes to art, I feel like crafters do better at markets. Mm. Or if you're an artist that does landscape or animal portraits, mm. for some reason that works because of tourists. Mm. Tourists go to market, they see a landscape of Ireland or they see a painting of an Irish animal, like cow paintings, for some reason, are very popular <laughs> with tourists. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I just found my type of art... Anything that maybe is not landscape or portrait doesn't seem to thrive that much. And I haven't even just seen it with me. I've seen it with, I would observe other artists doing similar stuff, not doing so well. So customers, they, as well as uh, buying your art and seeing the finished product, they love the videos, mm. the time-lapse videos of you creating your art. So mm. if you're camera shy, <laughs> I would advise you to work on it because uh, filming yourself painting the art and like you don't have to be dressed in your Sunday best mm. doing this. You don't even have to have makeup on. Mm. Your, your hair could be a rat's nest and no one would care. Yeah. They just want to watch you create and paint. And strangely enough, being authentic and actually looking a mess, people love it because it means you're real mm. they relate to that because they're probably also messy and all that when they work so mm -hmm. yeah so time-lapse videos 
uh, of you actually doing your work is a great way to promote and advertise your work. I can't recommend it enough. And do you feel like the way you were talking about earlier about um, that you'd always want to kind of do animation and then by the time you had kind of went to college, it was it was more all about working in the computer. Do you feel like you were born in an era too late? Like if you'd been born maybe 20, 30 years ago, that it would have been better for you? Or do you feel like it was almost like it was meant to be? Well, funny you should say that, Geraldine, because I actually wish I was born now oh. or at least closer to the time. I, I actually wish the technology. Mm. I wish I had this back when I was 20. Mm hmm. And I guarantee I probably would be a millionaire right now because um, it, it, it's weird to see, but 10, 20 years ago, the stuff we have on this didn't really exist. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even recall YouTube being around when I was a teenager then. So, yeah, I say if I had the technology I have now back then, it wouldn't have mattered if mm. I painted and drawed because I would have had the platform mm. to sell it all. So. Yeah. If you think about it, if I was born 30 years ago or even further back, I would have been at more of a disadvantage because the only way to sell art back then was through the galleries. Mm. The world was so much smaller. And Mm. I came from a village in the middle of nowhere in County Tipperary. You can bet I would not have gone any, I might have ended up working on a farm or something. I don't know, but artists probably would not have been possible Mm, mm. way back then because there was no way to get out there to Mm -hmm. sell. So fair enough. What would be your dream project to work on? My dream project now would be to collaborate with probably Cork City Art Office, maybe get involved in the Ardu Street Art. Those are the guys that have been doing all these amazing murals in Cork City. Uh, I want to get involved in them. I have two ideas for women empowerment murals, and I even have a location in mind. So my dream project is to get my hands on those walls and just paint those mural ideas I have and more importantly get the funding just to get the paints and the equipment that would be a dream come true very good and it's attainable yes <laughs> yeah enough, very good and you seem to be a person who likes to get out there and participate in workshops is it important to you as an artist to try new things yeah it definitely is uh like when I go to those workshops I'm not really looking to learn a skill to add to my business I'm doing it to chill out when I go off and do another art skill or an art class it's actually giving my brain a chance to reboot Mm -hmm. because I find if I do too much of the same thing over and over and over again I'm like a well that's dried up and run out of water so Mm. going off and doing those different classes it allows me to still be creative Mm -hmm. but in a different way Mm -hmm. And and also I'm around like-minded people. (laughs) So you're almost like you're resetting to go again. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great way to take a break, in my opinion, as an artist. Yeah. Is there any art medium out there that you'd love to get into that you've not yet dabbled in? Uh, At present, not really. I kind of like the mediums I work with, watercolor, acrylic, and then the wall paint, of course, for the mural work. And like, as I say, a part of me would love to work with the spray cans, but I just can't trust myself not to 
get loopy. Even with the mask on, I still mm. found myself just getting headaches from the fumes. So mm. yeah. Okay, fair enough. And what are the biggest challenges you face? Uh, biggest challenges right now is just selling my art online, getting mm. more customers and getting more clients mm. uh, for my murals, you know, getting myself out there. I, I kind of noticed there seems to be a process where there's like a famine and feast point in mm. my business. Sometimes there might be a feast of a couple of months and then a famine happens afterwards mm. and it's trying to get through that famine point to get back to the feast again you mm. know? we actually spoke to another artist who said the the same thing that it was it was the challenge of dealing with the quieter times and just the anxiety around that you know about making sure yeah. there's enough money to sustain the low points and that was quite a challenge in terms of the anxiety yeah. that it caused yeah yeah and i find like in those famine times shall we call them i kind of lose my motivation i get bored mm. and the motivation, the inspiration to draw and create kind of eludes me mm. during those famine times. So, yeah. And what are your plans for the next year? Is it just to kind of keep on growing? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my plans are, as I already mentioned, link up with Ardu, Cork City, get out there, do some street art for Cork City. I have plans to do the Waterford Wall Festival. I want to get involved in that. That's next year. And uh, also save up money and buy a car will be the biggest <laughs> investment. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage not having a car because a lot of clients could be out in the countryside. Mm you know and I can't get to them because I don't mm. have a car so yeah I'm kind of at disadvantage <laughs> if I can't cycle or take a bus uh, mm. yeah so that's definitely one plan invest in a car and you'll also get inspired by all these beautiful places around Cork mm -hmm. exactly yeah it's a very artistic creative city Cork yeah exactly yeah if you could go back in time and give yourself one piece of advice what would it be so if I could go back in time to my young self, what advice would I give her? Well, first off, I'd tell her, forget being an animator. <laughs> <laughs> forget animation and go straight to St. John's College <laughs> in, here in Cork City. Oh, God, I wish I knew. It's one of the best art colleges I've ever seen. And the only reason I know that is because I've gone to a few of their creative art classes at night. They've got night classes. Mm. It's only 10 days at a time per mm. subject, but I probably learned more in 10 days at that college than I have in three years in Crawford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, if I had a time machine, I'd say, forget animation, forget Crawford, just go straight for St. John's <laughs> and learn your craft there. That's it. And uh, I'd also advise her, I'd say this, save up money stop spending money save up instead and invest and then you'll be able to buy a car and your own house and all the stuff you need yeah st john's actually is a great place i went there and i did a, a pottery course years ago now and it was, it was fantastic i must say i really enjoyed it the one thing about the professors in st john's is they're not just teachers. They actually are artists on the side mm. making a living. And those are the type of people you want as your mentors. Mm. If a couple of students out of secondary school came up to me and say, where would you advise us to go to study art? St. John's. 
go to okay. St. John's, forget Crawford. I don't care how posh or high class or de- bachelor degree is. You won't learn anything. You want to learn how to be an artist? Go to St. John's. The teachers there actually know what they're doing. Okay, yeah. yeah. They're actually making money at their own businesses in art. Mm-mm. That is the mentor you want that yeah, talks yeah, the yeah. talk and walks the walk, you know. Well, thanks so much, Martina, for joining us on the Cork Creative Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Martina and her work, you can find links to her social media on corkcreative.ie. Awesome. Thank you. Awesome.